The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash billrisser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's adworks.com slash billrisser. I boil everything down to two things. Know your customer and know how they want to be communicated with. Forget about all these different platforms that come out there. They're all going to come and go, you know, except Facebook's lasted quite a while. Quite a while. But that's going to distract you. If you know who your customer is or who you want your customer to be if you're a new agent and how they want to be communicated with, everything else will fall into place. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 110 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and Thank you for sharing with a friend and thank you in advance for leaving a review or rating on iTunes. It's how it helps our show grow. So we really appreciate it. I'm excited to talk to another Tampa area agent today to get his story and journey into the world of real estate. Our guest is Anand Patel, owner of Pangea Development Group and Pangea Realty, the commercial side of his business, as well as president of a residential brokerage, Next Home Discovery. Anand is also heavily involved in the local, state, and national associations, so I'm thrilled that he's found time in his busy schedule to kind of take a little time to sit down and chat with us. Anand, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. So I know, I know you've been in the Tampa Bay area a long time, um, but are you, so are you a native here or were you born someplace else and how did you get to Tampa? Yeah, I'm a little confused. I was actually born in Auckland, New Zealand. But Interesting. I'm originally from India, born in Auckland, New Zealand, but I grew up here in Tampa, Florida. So most of my life has been here in Tampa, but born in New Zealand. How long were you in New Zealand? So I was about five. Okay, yeah, so you, yeah, mem- so you have young. vague memories, a little yeah, bit yeah, of it. Lost you- my accent a long time ago. <laughs> do, you have, <laughs> do you have family back yeah, there? Yeah, my mom's side, a lot of family over there. Okay, yeah. excellent. Um, so what was the transition to Tampa for the family? Was there a mm-hmm. reason for that, for your, for your parents? Or yeah, what was- yeah, so like my mom was actually born in New Zealand as well. So when my mom and dad got married, you know, my dad moved to New Zealand from India. He was a microbiologist by trade. Um, so he was working in a... In a, in a lab there and doing some other side. He actually had like a Anand's Corner Cafe, Anand Superette. He did some side businesses he had. But um, at that time, this is in the late 70s. There was still a lot of uh, you know racism and it was hard for you know for advancement. You know, he told me he could run the whole lab, but he knew there's no chance for advancement. So that's when he was realized his, his brother was already here in the U.S. So he said, you know, maybe this is time to, time to you know, come to America. The opportunity here was better, obviously, yeah, yeah. right? Is he still doing that? No, no. I mean, he does a lot of the a lot of uh, what I've learned in real estate through him. His passion has always been real estate. Um, we have a dry cleaning business. So he started um, here in Tampa. He, we actually moved to LA first, so he started there for six months and sold that. And then we moved to Florida. Well, I got to ask uh, you the yeah. question: What was wrong with LA? Because yeah, I'm, I'm an anti-LA guy myself. I grew up in San Diego, yeah, yeah. so tell me, tell me, well, he just didn't. It just didn't fit. Didn't yeah. Work. Well, I mean, his brother ended up moving to Florida, so just opportunity over here. But plus, you guys are over there. They say freeway instead of highway. You know, <laughs> little things like that. And the traffic. <laughs> yeah, the traffic in LA. You're right. Uh, so you're so you grew up here, going yeah. to high school, the whole bit. Yeah. You also went to the University of South Florida, yeah. which is yeah. great. So we can't we have to stop right here and go. Go Bulls! Can the Bulls go yeah. undefeated this year? There's we'll a see. chance, right? Yeah. Well, uh, ten games now, I think. Right? They got to yeah. play Houston, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else that's on that's tough on their schedule, but 
Yeah, they yeah. have some easy games. So I don't know, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So they'll they'll put some pressure on the uh, the championship committee if they yeah. can go undefeated. Yeah, I, I grew up in San Diego, and San Diego State is doing the same thing. They're Mountain West mm-hmm. and uh, out of sight of the the top five conferences, and they have a really good shot of going undefeated as well. So it'll be fun to watch a couple yeah, of those exciting. little mid major schools yep. throw yep. a little heat yep. on the NCAA. So that'll be fun. So you go to uh, South Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your game plan when you got out of school? Did you already know what you were going to do? No, not really. <laughs> um, so I actually did a year in University of Miami. Um, I was actually pre-med when I started. Um, but I always loved business at that time. So I was still a finance major at that time. I took biology. I liked that. Chemistry I did not like at all. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know if this medicine thing's going to work. So decided to come back, you know, Tampa, go to University of you know, South Florida and do finance and did a minor in uh, management information systems. But um, one thing my dad always, you know, I have three younger brothers, four boys in our family. You know, as soon as we turned 18, we had to get our Florida real estate license. It was just something he's like, you know, why not? You know, because his, his passion, he also had, uh, did sales on the side early on in his years. Wow. Um, commercial. So that's something that's kind of like where uh, we got a taste of it you know, as we turned 18. So you obviously embraced real estate mm-hmm. and it's become what you do now. Yeah. Do any of your brothers, are they active yeah, in the we're industry? All, we're actually all, well, my youngest is, um, he's a financial advisor with uh, Morgan Stanley. Uh, but my other brothers, my next youngest, he's a hotel broker. And the one, uh, he's also a developer, he's doing storage facilities. So yeah, we're all, and then we do stuff together as a family too. So I was going to say, you yeah. cover a lot of verticals yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just in one family. Yeah. That's pretty good. I like that. So so the question, you know, was real estate development your first passion? Obviously, I wouldn't say it was, the, you know, you mentioned medical mm-hmm. school at the beginning, but I think you quickly realized, you know, with your dad's help that this is the way you wanted to go, right? So when you, when you, um, what did you do right out of school? What's the first thing you did? So right out of school was, um, so even when I was, a lot of it was still while I was in school, um, you know, I'd shadow my dad, um, sit in on meetings. He wanted me just to be a sponge and kind of absorb because even while he was doing dry cleaning, he was still doing some projects as well, development and things like that. So sitting in meetings with engineers, with attorneys, architects, and that's really what I got a kind of understanding of the moving pieces and kind of how each thing works and how it's important that we orchestrate you know, our vision. Otherwise, all these third parties are going to kind of drive you on to what they want you know, and how they want to get done. But you know, I still remember my dad, you know, when we had a site plan for an office park we're doing, and the engineer's like, well... We can only fit X number of parking spaces. And my dad's like, well, give me a piece of paper and a pen. And he'll draw out the whole thing. And he's like, all of a sudden he finds like 15 more parking spaces. You know, because everything's driven by parking when it comes to development. So things like that. You know, you never take no for an answer. Uh, there's always a solution. Just got to kind of think outside the box. So that was, that's, talk about a mentor, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah. that really knew what he was talking about. That had to be phenomenal. Yeah, so, I and mean, that's been a huge, huge part of it. Did you start selling real estate right after you got your degree? Did you? Or so development was, was what it? I was focused on. Okay. Um, then we got some investors together and we started doing office parks. Okay. Um, uh, so that was my main focus. Um, I was doing some residential sales on the side, but it wasn't really my uh, focus or interest at that time. Commercial, I really enjoyed that side of it. Is this when you started Pangea then? Yeah. So that, Pangea, what, what year are we talking? 2008, I got, you know, I, you know, I got licensed um, before that. Then I said, you know what, might as well get my broker's license. In 2008, I started Pangea Realty Group. And again, it was no intention to like build a company and have agents and all that. It was just something for our personal projects we were doing and things like that. And then every now and then if I did some re- residential deals. You could do those from there. As, yeah. a, as a commercial owner, broker, yeah. um, you're not prohibited from doing real estate no, residential stuff. That's another whole story I can go into on licensing laws in Florida, which is unfortunate, you know. You can also sell businesses, you know, not know anything about businesses, but uh, 
So some work I'm doing at Florida Realtors, we're talking about, you know, how to restructure licensing laws and, and uh, you know, kind of really to benefit the consumer because we have some people out there that really shouldn't be, you know, doing what they're doing. But yeah, the same license you can do commercial real estate, businesses, residential. Wow. For most people, the biggest investment, the biggest financial mm-hmm instrument and asset they have and you need experts to kind of yeah. help you with that right yeah. so, so due diligence get out there and do yeah. some work and figure out who's doing what yeah pangea development group and pangea realty are there somewhere mm-hmm. in in your history um you also create you become a, a brokerage owner of a next home uh, well, franchise or before that even so 2009 uh, there's a company called elite elite reo so uh, it's an asset management company out of la actually they approached me asked me if, if uh I wanted to become broker record for their Florida uh, division. So they were doing a high volume BPOs. They had agents that were cranking out BPOs for their clients and for their own assets that they managed. And, you know, so this is during the downturn. So, you know, we're wrapping up some of the projects we were doing commercial wise. So I said, you know what? Let me take this challenge. You know, and this is right before my daughter was born. She was born 2009. And, you know, before then, I didn't really, didn't really care much of what's going on around the world. As soon as I knew I was going to have a daughter, I'm like, I need to pay attention to what's going on out here. You know, I, Started getting involved and got on board of the YMCA and, you know, things like that. Things changed a lot. So this opportunity, you know, not really having a residential background, I thought this is a challenge. Let me take on this challenge. So I became broker of record for Florida for this company. So I had agents here in Tampa, Orlando, Cape Coral, Miami. Um, then they asked me to get licensed in Georgia. So I had agents in Atlanta and then in Memphis. So uh, it was interesting. Let's talk about that process. Mm-hmm. Were there, did you have, you know, kind of meetings online or were you yeah. a lot of conference calls with, with people and you maybe had a manager in you yeah. know, the so other states? But I had a lot of back that? office support from California. Um, for me going into this, you know, when I was thinking like, look, I don't even know any residential agents. How am I even going to, you know, my, my job is to grow the brokerage and bring on residential agents throughout the state when I'm a commercial background here in Tampa. So I'm like, you know what, instead of trying to go from the ground up, let me try going from the top down. So I started looking up like NER and what's going on there, you know, Florida Realtors, um, and then like the local. I'm like, let me check out our local association. So that's kind of when at first I showed up at a general membership meeting. And, you know, I, before that, I'd also already heard about, you know, Young Professionals Network, YPN, out of Orlando. So I started attending. When I had agents over there, i will bring them to the YPN meetings over there. But that's when I really got a little taste of the residential side and the work that needed to be done. You know, for me, I have a problem of needing to fix things. So when I got involved <laughs> with the association, I'm like, hey, I see a lot of problems. You know, how can I get involved to fix it? We get through the dark days, mm-hmm. right? And so you, this, this time you spent working on the residential mm-hmm. side, it wasn't like you said, well, I'm going to go back and focus on just commercial. You decided to kind of go all in when it came yeah. to residential. So now is that the place and time after we get to maybe, I don't know, 2012 or so. Yeah, so around 11, 12. I mean, so what I was doing, so even back to how did I, like I would fly to Miami, get our agents together. You know, we'd have a sales meeting, then I'd go to Atlanta, meet at a restaurant, get everyone together. But what I found, um, I mean, I had some awesome agents and it was, it was enjoyable, but they're BPO agents, meaning for them, every hour that they're with you, they're not making money because they're paid, you know, every BPO they crank out. Right. So I had an agent down there that was doing 200 in Miami, doing 280 to 300 BPOs a month. And so he was cranking him out, you know. So for him, I would actually go to his house and meet with him. But what I found, like, for me, I enjoy the coaching, training, mentoring part of being a broker. And I wasn't feeling that fulfilled and enjoyment by doing this, you know, because, you know, again, these agents had to be out there. You know, so it wasn't really time for them for me to sit down and really train. Every now and then we could. We did a lot on online webinars, uh, things like that. But then, you know, I said, you know what? I see the disconnect at this point. I already have my Pangea Realty Group for commercial. Why not? 
you know, I saw the average age of the buyer and seller coming in and the average age of the realtor. And I, and over this time being involved in associations, I saw, wow, there's a big disconnect here. I'm like, I already have a brokerage. Why not I just start bringing on residential agents under my, you know, Pangea Realty Group? So that was the first, that was kind of your, your entree into that. Yeah. How many agents, how many residential agents did you it get was up small, to? On that? So I think probably had nine or 10. Like a boutique, you know, yeah, if you wanted to small, call it yeah, that. Yeah. But then now, how many residential yeah, so agents now, do you have with your team? So then around 2015, you know, Next Home came on the scene and, you know, um, January 2015, they launched. Uh, six months before that, I kind of heard about uh, Next Home and all that. Imran Pilati, someone who I met, because yeah. um, I was involved with our state Young Professionals Network Summit, and he was coming in to speak. So I got to know him, and he kind of put the little bug in my ear. I'm like, you know what? I have no interest. I'm happy being independent, no desire to you know franchise. But then slowly by slowly, the technology they're rolling out were the same tools that I was asking our agents under my independent company to utilize. You know, reach 150 for testimonials and you know, certain website vendors and this and that. And I'm like, you know what? The color scheme was the same. I was, my colors were already orange and white. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it was almost like yeah. it, it was telling so you. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then, uh, June 2015, you know, I launched Next Home Discovery. So I moved my residential agents over from Pangea into Next Home. And now Pangea Realty Group is strictly commercial. Gotcha. So how big yeah. is Next Home Discovery? So Next Home, now? about 10, 11 agents right now. Okay. Yeah. Is that something you continue to look to grow? Or yeah. You, it I sounds am. like you're probably very selective on the agents that you yeah, want to Yeah, I am. In. And uh, I do want to grow it. The problem is the number of hats I'm wearing. So it's hard. I, I get excited and start focusing like first half of this year on recruiting and growing that. And then I'm like, okay, get sidetracked. But now I'm kind of slowly looking back at that again. I have to ask you that question. Yeah. So you have two young children, yeah. um, a wife, yeah. um, a commercial brokerage, a residential brokerage, a development company. Mm-hmm. How do you keep the work-life balance going? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the challenge right now. That's number yeah, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the thing the you have to work challenge. out. Yeah. And so my son just turned five yesterday. Congratulations. Um, yeah, thanks. My daughter is eight. But uh, yeah, it's tough. You talk about self-discovery. Were there any other... You know, things you did at that point, you, you mentioned the life changes were coming with your, your family yeah. all of a sudden starting. Was there anything else that was for part me, of that? The, the biggest change for me was Toastmasters. Oh, okay. Yeah, Toastmasters. Yeah. You've heard of Toastmasters yeah, I have. before, yeah. Yep. Before, so this is probably 2008 or nine. I was deathly, like deathly afraid to speak. Um, I had to speak, you know, at my, my, my daughter or my, my cousin's a physician. When she got into med school, you know, we had a big party at my parents' house and we had some people over just to stand up and speak in front of my friend, my parents, I would be like shaking and deathly afraid. High school wow. too, the same thing. Like I could not speak in front of people. I was like, so I was like forced myself to attend the first Toastmasters meeting. And I remember sitting in the parking lot in my car, trying to convince myself in my head not to walk in, you know, like, oh, I'll come back next week or whatever. But I forced myself to go in. And to me, that was the biggest catalyst for everything I've done since conquering that fear. It's not like Toastmasters is something that's magical or anything like that, but it was a forum for me to conquer that fear of public speaking. So I did my first speech. You know, it's an icebreaker, they call it. You talk about yourself to make it something that's easy to talk about. Before my second speech, the leadership of that local Toastmasters group said, Anand, our, um, our uh, elections are coming up for the next year's you know, group of officers. We want you to run for president. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just did my first speech. You want me to run this? You know? And they're like, no, no, you'd be perfect for it. I'm like, no, no. And then she emailed me and she's like, well, don't worry about it. no one else is running against you, so it should be fine. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll do it. I'm like, since I'm already trying to challenge myself and push my comfort zone, why not? Right. Next thing I know, there's a guy announced. He's a assistant principal in, in, in an awesome guy. He's a good friend of mine. But um, now, you know, at that time, I'm like, okay, this guy's a principal in a high school, and I'm running again. A very good speaker, very charismatic, and, and all that. Then now I was getting scared. 
So my second speech was actually my campaign speech. You know, I ended up winning and getting it. But I mean, it's just that whole Toastmasters experience on challenging myself. Since then, I've spoken, you know, uh, you know, we spoke at NER Tech Edge. I speak at conferences all the time. I've spoken in front of 800 people in Fiji. Um, I've emceed an event, you know, a thousand people in Orlando. I mean, but that all those opportunities and the thing like you and I wouldn't have met if I was afraid to speak and except to speak at the, you know, Tech Edge you right. know, last month. Right. So little things like that, the people I've met and the opportunities and the amount of people I've been able to help. Um, just when people come up to you, you know, hey, I want some advice. You know, I, I really what you said resonated with me. Right. But to me, that's been the most exciting thing where I can help more people. I always say your biggest opportunity is on the other side of your fear. And so I definitely that's, you know, that's true. There's also a project you have going um, here in Tampa. Wesley Chapel mm-hmm. is actually in, is it a Pasco it's County Pasco development? County. So yes. it's the county just north of yeah, Hillsboro. Right at the border. Yeah. Right. Um, you have a, a project going on up there that is, the, I've heard of niche projects mm-hmm. before, but this is as niche as a project yeah, yeah. gets. Would you agree? Yeah, this is like super niche. Talk, t- t- tell me the name so, of the development yeah, and so exactly the, what it's all about. So the community is called Anand Vihar, which means blissful living. It's just coincidence with the name. It's not, uh, you know, I'm handling the sales there. Um, it's a 55 plus active adult community. Um, it's a second, I believe, of its kind in the country. The, they focus on is the, the lifestyle and the clubhouse. It's going to be a very upscale uh, country club type of feeling clubhouse, but the dining hall has strictly vegetarian, lunch and dinner, buffet-style Indian cuisine from the different regions of India. And they don't have Italian, Mexican, and things like that, but the focus is really providing, you know, Indian dining, lunch and dinner. So it's super niche, you know. So anyone that wants Indian food every day, you know, they're, right. they're open. So we have townhomes and uh, single-story villas that we're developing there. Talk about marketing that. What's, you know, how do yeah. you handle that part of it? So that's what's been exciting for me, Um Especially, so this has been almost two years now that we've been kind of promoting this and marketing it. And really, you know, up until now, we have the models ready. It's been selling a vision and the idea, you know, so really it's, I mean, there's nothing to sell yet. You're selling yourself and, yeah. and the idea of what, you know, your next step. Some in beautiful life can images be. of what it's going to yeah, look like. Yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, you know, it's been exciting. Um, um, use a lot of technology. I mean, even like join.me, you know, screen sharing. Mm-hmm. So I'd get the family together or if they have their kids with them and kind of walk through, you know, the different site plans and what we're looking to do, the floor plans and everything like that. So it's, uh, and then now we have the models ready. You know, I, I use Matterport, you know, and then sure. uh, we were at a trade show in New Jersey and I took the Google Cardboard and like a VR headset. So you have these seniors, you know, walking around at the trade show, you know, with these and looking through the home and everything. So it's pretty exciting and a way to connect them. Um, even one buyer, we're closing actually November 6th, we're closing on his home. His daughters were a little apprehensive, like, you know, dad, you're making this purchase without even telling us you're moving from New York to Florida. You didn't even tell us anything about it. And all that. Their daughters were at that trade show. So I was able to put the headset on her and she looked at it and she's like, she pulled me on the side. She's like, you know, when can we, how quick can we get my dad down there? This is beautiful. You know, <laughs> That's, they're, so they're, they're ready to come down and hang out and Technology visit. To, to, to build that trust and to sell. It's 55 plus, right? Yeah. So we're talking active adults. Mm-hmm. This is not a retirement community. No. <clears throat> this is going to be, you know, a full blown yeah. walking you know, trails, high end oh. fitness center, swimming right. pool, tennis it's courts, golf courses everywhere around, yeah, around there. Yeah. I mean, it's we a got pickleball court, which I never even knew about until two <laughs> I'm years I'm from ago. Arizona. <laughs> There's a ton of pickleball. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's, um, yeah. So it's, I mean, what this does is validated the need. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, again, it's open for anyone that's interested in that. But the target, um, those that are really attracted to the dining and the lifestyle, the first generation Indian immigrants that came to the U.S. in the 60s and 70s. Right. You know, they worked hard, you know, brought nothing with them, built it up, and now they want to enjoy. Um, they're integrated into, you know, our Western lifestyle now. So it's, you know, before that, most of them would go back to India and retire. Right. But now, you know, they can't do that. They, they enjoy the, the lifestyle they have here. 
So this is kind of to find that mix. The grandkids are here, you know, in the U.S., you know, Tampa International Airport's one of the you know, top airports. They're so growing. Get in they're, and out. They're, yeah. yeah, they're making it even bigger. They're expanding yeah. it. So yeah. it's just, um, it's meeting a need that wasn't there before. Now this is a very recent niche need that's, yeah. that's out there. I mean, way to pay other, attention to what, you know, what's yeah. happening. And, and, and I think there'll be other communities that will have, uh, you know, the same, same need and desire. Do you think there'll be a second one in uh, the Tampa Bay area? Right now, this is the baby to focus on this gotcha. location, but um, maybe not in Tampa, but in other cities in the U.S., yes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun to watch that, so yeah. we'll, we'll, I'll probably reach back out to you and get an update yeah, as yeah. things are moving down the road. Um, let's talk about your volunteerism. Okay. You mentioned a little bit earlier in the interview that it, it helped you when you mm-hmm. were kind of deciding to have a little, the residential side of things keep growing. But talk about the importance of it because you, you volunteer at a lot of different levels here in at the Greater Tampa Area Association of Realtors. I yeah. think I said that right. Uh, the Florida Association, I saw you there at the bar camp and, yeah. and presenting. Then there's also the, um, you were at NAR Tech mm-hmm. Edge yeah. as, with, as a presenter. So talk about the importance of that for you and do you try and promote other people into that and say, hey, you yeah. got you to be a part of this. And, and that's, I mean, people always ask why. Why waste time? You know, we're busy trying to make money and all that. But I mean, if you... Do it correctly and do it for the right reasons. It'll help grow your business. I mean, I've seen it over and over and over again mm-hmm. at all different levels. Um, at the NER level, the committees you serve on there, um, these are the sharpest, the brightest minds. Um, I served on data strategies when they first, I think it was 2011 or you know, 12 or 13. Um, but just the people in that room, I mean, these are the top, you know, brokers and, and executives from around the country. One thing I learned, uh, my dad always pushed uh, uh, when we were younger to listen to Brian Tracy. Sure. Cassettes. You know, he has the cassettes, so he's like, make yep. sure you listen to this. Like Even, a sales guru yeah, back in yeah. the day, right? And I, I don't know if it was him or, you know, because I, you know, again, around that 2008, 2009 time before my daughter was born, that's when I started getting into the personal development and things like that. Um, I think it was him that uh, that said that the quickest way to advance, you know, in a community is to serve on a nonprofit. Because um, it doesn't matter what your background is, your income level, when you serve on a board or with a nonprofit or not even a nonprofit, but any, any type of organization, mm-hmm. you're all equals there. You know, and you're usually with the top peers in the in the, in the community, right? So it's the quickest way to just kind of build that network and, and kind of grow. Yeah, network, learn. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of stuff happens that yeah. way. Yeah, that's great. So I, I once again, I, I I've said this many times on this podcast. I'm blown away by the level of expertise that volunteers their time. I yeah. think that's great. Yeah. So you know, and that's I mean, I did Florida Realtors Leadership Academy in 2013. Um, even something like that. I mean, whatever level. I've done the Leadership Tampa Bay here too. Mm-hmm. Um, just the people you meet there. Forget about whatever you learn about in the program and whatever it teaches you. It, I only do these things for the people you meet. I mean, these are people you can pick up the phone and call, share ideas, or if you have a problem with Ask something, for help. you know, what do you, you know, what right. do you do? How do you deal with this scenario? So to me, that's the biggest value in getting involved. Um, in, in real estate specifically, it helps sharpen your you know, your sword, Yep. you know, just the, the, the education. But again, it's, it's about being top producers around the country or around the state or even locally right. um, and seeing how you can become better as well. So it kind of pushes you. You've embraced social media and technology mm-hmm. heavily. I mean, it's very obvious. Um, you, I'm sure you were an early adopter mm-hmm. yeah. or did you kind of come to the game later? How'd that no, work for you? I mean, um, I guess early adopter. I don't know. Um, first social media site I remember was Friendster that I was on. That's early. Yeah. <laughs> That's early. Yeah. So that and then, you know, illegal downloads on Napster. <laughs> sure. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm going to leave that in the podcast. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, no. So for me, it's, um, I guess it was just natural. And I just love that whole side of, uh, you know, just how to, how to find 
I guess, find these, these tools that are out there or the social media platforms and how to leverage it. But again, you have to, the problem is I see now too many people look at it specifically that way. Okay, I need to be on Facebook because I need to make money or I need to be on Twitter because I need to make money. And that's going about it backwards, you know? It, right. It should be that engagement or, you know, extension of yourself online. And that's what some people really forget. Yeah, that, I want to keep talking about yeah, that, right? Yeah. Let's talk about some of the things you see agents doing right and and also doing wrong online. Yeah. And I think you, you hit the first one, right? You know, nail on the head. It's selling on social is really tough to pull off in a in any kind of way that makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, just last week I was interviewing an agent and... Um, yeah, he told me I went to the social media class and they're like, Oh, you know, when you find all your friends on Facebook, when they con- when they write a post, you know, like it, then write a comment. It was almost like it was a structured routine. And to me, it has to be natural, you know? Right. So a lot of people I see doing that. Oh, like this, like this, like this. Oh, write a comment, write a comment. I actually see it more outside of real estate, like in financial services. Um, I see it a lot of times when someone, you know, a realtor might say something you know, exciting that happened. Um, and then I see a, a mortgage, uh, a lender write something. Let me know if you need any financing needs, you know. Ooh. And it's like, I don't even understand how they think that that's, you know, congrats, but let me know if I can help you or any of your clients. You know, I see it on LinkedIn all the time too. It's just yeah. the wrong way to go about it. You, know, you actually genuinely need to want to engage with that person. The, the word authentic mm-hmm. keeps coming yeah. back, right, over and over and over. And you, you, you're connected to the same people I am mm-hmm. and on, the, on the national level. Yeah. Um, whether you attend the conference or you just follow the streams, mm-hmm. It's over and over and over. And I think that for the vast majority of realtors, you're saying the right thing. Maybe 1% of realtors around the country can play that hardcore, mm-hmm. you know, um, real heavy sales push, you know, learn how to sell on the phone kind of selling, right? Mm-hmm. How, many, yeah. how many realtors do you know have call yeah, centers? Yeah. Not many. Some do, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're out there. Yeah. But it seems to be the sexy thing that people go, well, how do I get more leads and I can mm-hmm. do it this way? Yeah. It's not the way to get more leads in this world. It, yeah. it, is, it does come back to relationships, right? Yeah. And that's... The worst thing I see, and you said about authenticity, the worst thing I see these companies trying to sell these agents, oh, we'll post on social media for you. Right. Um, but they don't understand that there's 100 plus other realtors getting the same posts posted on their you know, business page or whatever. You need to be yourself. You know? and, and now content, I mean, we talked about this even you know, last week when we were here for that um, tech meeting. You know, what do we post? You know, content. And you know, what do we come up with? But it has to be you know, authentic, you right. know, whatever you're dealing with daily. Right. If a realtor could just share their day mm-hmm. and share, yeah. you know, some of the processes they go through, I think people might be interested in that. Yeah. Right. That's an easy thing to do, but we fall into that same category of, wow, we've got this platform where I can post something and millions will see it yeah. and buy from me. Right? No, I tell them just take a piece of paper and write down the top ten because you're asked the same questions over and over again by yeah. buyers and sellers. Write them down. Um, answer it either on a blog post or video or you know, social media, however you want to do it. When we share the stage at the NER Tech Edge, there's one thing I talked about building trust. I boil everything down to two things know your customer and know how they want to be communicated with. Right. Um, forget about all these different platforms that come out there, you know, come out. Um, they're all going to come and go, you know, except Facebook's lasted quite a while. Quite a while. But that's going to distract you. If you know who your customer is or who you want your customer to be if you're a new agent and how they want to be communicated with, everything else will fall into place. Right. Like for me personally, I'm not going to lie, Snapchat, I can't figure it out. <laughs> you know, um, I use it to play with the filters with my kids, you know, making faces and yep. all that. But I'm, like, but I'm not going to try to force myself to figure it out and not be, you know, 
and my audience is not on there, so yeah. But so why would you play yeah. there? Yeah, if your audience is hanging out mm-hmm. on LinkedIn and Facebook, yeah. master how to connect and build relationships on LinkedIn yeah. and Facebook. You just don't waste time. But there are some realtors having success with Snapchat. Yeah, there you are. I, a lot of I, I hear a lot of people are they generate a lot of referral business. Yeah, because sometimes it's a lot of realtors talking to realtors. Yeah. But if that generates a you know some sort of a relationship that leads to yeah, transactions, I mean, everything's all about it's being all top good. of mind. If that's where yeah. you know, for yeah. me, Instagram works that way too. You see, top of mind, you know, right. But you just do what what works works best for you. You mentioned earlier that you had you've already uh, toyed. You use Matterport, mm-hmm. uh, which you know they're doing some great things yeah. out there with the three D renderings and um, their cameras are amazing. Talk about the future. I mean, are you you mentioned you'd already done some you know virtual reality, mm-hmm. but now you got this augmented you know reality yeah, yeah. coming out and the artificial intelligence and all this other stuff. Are you? kind of thinking down those paths, yeah. you know, with what's going to happen with your and business? That, that actually kind of goes back to why I aligned with Next Home. You know, when I was independent, I had these thoughts all the time. I'm always thinking about this kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's like, how much can one person try to figure out and do? When I sat down with the CEO of Next Home and with the team there, that's when I decided, okay, this is the right. Their vision is in line with what I see, but we can leverage what they're doing, you know, at the national level. Right. Um, things like augmented reality. Uh, we have some tools that we're going to be integrating soon. You know, like the Pokemon Go is a big craze. Yep. There's tools now where you can put your screen in front of the house and it'll pull all the details, you know. That's awesome. So there's some really cool stuff. You know, predictive analytics is big. You know, companies like AdWorks yep. and, uh, you know, um, SmartZip, yep. you know, what they're doing. Um, so there's some cool stuff out there. And, and staying on top of it's going to only just, yeah. you want to be there when the next level hits, right? Yeah. yeah so that's and great. And we want to be ahead of that curve too. Gotcha. Some of these things are just, you know, like QR codes. You know, it's cool and all that, but it's like, I don't know. You know it wasn't, uh, you know, everyone's like, oh, I was QR doing, I didn't code. Do it. I found a great use for QR codes, by the way. Yeah. When you enable two-factor authentication with the Google Authenticator app, okay, a QR code pops up on on your computer mm-hmm. for the 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 network or the yeah. web, you know the company that you're setting up the two-factor with, and then you just snap the picture with Authenticator and it connects you to. And I went, wow, yeah. a really effective use for QR codes. I was yeah. very excited to find <laughs> that, right? Because they were the thing, right? Yeah, I know. In 2010. Yeah. Whenever. Yeah. And for me, um, I always. I mean, I don't even know if there's any anything out there like that now. I always want like when my kids were younger and like putting together baby furniture. I'm like, it's a pain. You know, I don't have the patience to figure this out. Looking at these instructions, they're not even in English. Right. Um, I always thought it'd be cool to have a QR code. On, I'll just want one QR code on the sheet of instructions, and then I just scan it with my phone and show me a video of how to put this thing together. Wow, yeah. that's and I'm like, why that's, not? That's what I'd rather have. I just want to brilliant it and yeah, just have why? videos. Show me step by step video yeah. of uh, where you pause the video. Yeah, get to this and part, then, hit pause. Get to this part because when they because expl- you know depending on who's <laughs> translating the instructions, it's not always very clear. Sometimes just following that uh, yeah. screw through all the different paths to yeah. where it's supposed to go on doesn't that always, chart. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really that picture. Yeah, yeah. so I mean that's a, an application where I, like I saw. So here we are solving the QR code problem. That's great. So you you have this. You're building this empire. What's next? If you right now, if is you know, I know you're 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 still wrapping everything up, and yeah. you got a family going. But is there something you might want to add, or that you think about at some point? Yeah, I don't know. Right now, um, for some reason, I think everything involves real estate. I'm involved in a uh, it's called Thai, which is a uh, um, it's a uh, for startups and investors. Okay, um, like for tech companies, you know, um, and matching investors and startups together. I've always enjoyed that whole side. I'm a 
commercial real estate mentor for the NER REACH program. Oh, excellent. You know I do? So I get to, so I, I'm, Ex- explain I'm always, the REACH program. So yeah, so that's uh, like an accelerator program that Second Century Ventures, they invest in certain startups. They, they become, like every year they have a new class. Of and people 10, apply. 15. They apply for that, yeah. And they'll take so many of them into the program yeah. and you're one of the people that look at how kinda they're like, doing. Yeah, wow. yeah, just look at what they're doing and then whenever, I'm, if I'm at a conference or whatever, kind of give some advice there. Awesome. But I've always enjoyed the, the tech side of real estate. So, yeah. you know, we never know where that may, you know, I've, Explored some stuff in the past, but never, you know, you need to focus uh, time and energy to make those. But I, I love uh, development, real estate development. I mean, leaving a landmark, you know, yeah. somewhere that's semi-permanent. Yeah, <laughs> that you're proud of, <laughs> it's, it's right? which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. Well, Anand, I've had you here for, for the time you've, you've offered mm-hmm. me, and I want to ask you the same final question I've asked every guest mm-hmm. on the show, and that's if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started in the business, what would it be? I think we touched on it a little bit before, but... I think a lot of, and maybe it's not just for real estate, sometimes people think that what they need to succeed is not in front of them. They need to reach somewhere else or they need to pay somebody else. The tools we need to succeed in real estate is, is already around us. The people we know, the people we're meeting, just don't waste money. I, I just hate when I see someone you know, write a $400 check or pay for a $200 a month website and this and that. They feel they need this, they need that, or they're not going to succeed. Um, don't chase that shiny object. You know, talk to someone first, either broker or somebody. But everything you need is usually right there in front of you, around you. You already have it. Right. So I think that's probably a guy who loves technology telling yeah. a new agent, "Don't, don't sweat don't that yet. Yeah. Don't <laughs> yeah. sweat it. That yeah. it'll come later. Yep. Well, exactly. As your business grows, you're going to need it. Yeah. But to get started, that's great. Mm-hmm. I love that. Anon, if somebody wants to reach out to you and talk more with you or yeah. talk about the project up in Wesley. Yeah, the name yeah. of that again is yeah, Anand, Anand Bihar. Anand yeah, was, Bihar. That's in Wesley okay. Chapel, yeah, Florida. Okay. Awesome. Uh, my email is Anand, A-N-A-N-D at discoveryourplace.com. Uh, Anand underscore Tampa is most of my social media. Okay. Uh, Instagram and all that. Awesome. So, yeah. I can't thank you enough for spending no, some time with us today. So, yeah. yeah. So, and we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll reach back out and touch, touch base again later and find out how things are going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you.